It is November the 4th, 2023, and this is the future of photography. The future of photography. Jeremiah, Adrian, Chris, good evening. Hello, hello, good day, good hello. evening, good afternoon. Oh, good morning, good morning, good evening. Wherever here. you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, this, this, is, this is one of the weird times when the time zones <laughs> switch on one side of the ocean, but they will take another couple of weeks on the other side of the ocean. No, we just, are in a this, few days. just a few na- days. Now it's just uh, one day more, but in, this, in between time, the, the, the scheduling turns into like... Or my brain turns into mush, and doesn't. I don't. I, I've had so much time with the daylight savings thing, and I still get it wrong. Almost. That's right. Well, it's it, it, it's good at this time of year because Jeremiah gets a light in. So that, that's the important thing about the changing in the clocks. You know, I, I I kind of like. I I don't like daylight savings. I like the, I like when the evening comes a little earlier. It's I don't know. I, I like I like it just not to change twice. Me too. And there's no point oh in it. I mean, just, we don't you know, like change on this podcast. <laughs> we, <laughs> what kids are walking to school? Anyway, enough banter. Um, you know, uh, since uh, I I thought today we would dive into a, a genre of photography, uh, not often discussed or even practiced, but something that I think is uh, going to be or could be inspirational um, when you take your camera for a walk or a phone um, or even your just brain, eyes. We'll have to discuss if it is a genre at Uh, all. I think it is. I think you have uh, photographers uh, like Martin Parr and... The first one I thought of when, when you suggested <laughs> you know, this. But even Eggleston, I mean, there, there is a, 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 a you know, I, I'm, sadly I did not uh, kind of create a uh, huge list of those kinds of photographers. Maybe we'll add it to our show notes over the next week. But uh, I, I call this the photography of the unremarkable. Uh, so, so often we go out with our camera, we, we, are, we are looking for the beautiful moment, the captivating moment, the great light, the perfect composition, uh, the juxtaposition of elements that come together in that unique and, and fabulous way that only we can capture at that moment in time and how wonderful and satisfying that is. However, th- there is a different um, approach, one that I think is a very, very interesting and in an odd way, uh, inspirational. And maybe its, it's, it's connective tissue is a sense of irony, but we'll discuss that if there is a common notion of these. And that's to actually seek out and look for imagery, photographs, stills, that are unremarkable, that are counter- to an aesthetic that is, quote, beautiful, balanced composition, um, even the decisive moment. It's really the indecisive moment. Badly composed with flat light often reveals something new to us, something that we just may not have taken that second look. And and so this this little episode is, is about maybe moving our aesthetic 
And and by the way, this this could be in the genera- generative aspect of creating photographs, however we do that, um, or just capturing them. Though I think that when we set out to create an image, we are going to apply um, an aesthetic to it that is, in a way, the the reason we are creating it. But so. But, let, Go ahead. Let me let, let me jump in here just just to make sure I get this right. Are we looking at photos of things that are unremarkable? Are we looking at photography that is unremarkable, as in the the, the photos themselves? Um, because if we look at, I mean, you you, you supplied a few uh, examples here. I've thrown in a few as well. Um, we just bring something yeah, up here. Yeah, th- this uh, is this, now th- this is uh, it's a a shot I did just a few days ago in my exploration of unremarkable images right but i'm i'm at very very captivated by the picture itself you know if we're kind of dealing with uh you know an art in america <laughs> aesthetic critique of the picture we could certainly talk about the dappling of the shadows uh the the mixture of of uh textures uh you know what I mean? The the form, the line, all of that stuff. But in in fact, it was just um, something that that I, it grabbed my attention for its unique blandness. And through that, I was able to take a second look at it. Now, all this happens very very quickly because you know I'm just like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. But I was. In this particular um, case, actually seeking out uh, images that were unremarkable, that looked like anyone could have shot them. It's inter- it's interesting because what what I see here is uh, well, we have to explain for the listeners. It's a, it's it's the ground. There's a wooden plank of sorts. There's a roll of wire mesh fencing. Um, if I'm if I'm a if if I'm in I don't know in, in wire mesh fencing production uh, this might be completely remarkable for me because <laughs> it's how, I I and this is what this is what my brain does in these situations I go down a rabbit hole into how is this fencing produced anyway so how do they make it and it 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 opens up this spider web of different. Uh, Thoughts and and ideas. So I find could, this, could certainly take it that way. Yeah, I, I find this remarkable. Because <laughs> I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a name that travels, but in this country that's called chicken wire. Yeah, chicken right? wire, sure, true. And, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. It is a name that travels, right? So so I'm wondering who are these really tidy chickens that like rolled up their fence before they ran away, right? <laughs> Or or are there chickens that should have been in behind a fence and they, they aren't now because someone forgot the fencing or lost it? So stories, yeah. Sure. I mean, when I showed this to, to my wife, uh, she laughed. So uh, I, now I want to I, I wanna kind of underscore that because there is a sense of irony in that now, maybe the irony, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe the irony is because I am more often than not seeking out a very well composed, beautifully lit, aesthetic, provocative, energized image, and this is exactly in the opposite direction of that. Well, the like, look at the lighting. That is very exquisite lighting with the with the 
lighting coming through the trees. So it's remarkable lighting. Yeah, I think you failed. I, maybe I Ooh. maybe I did, but it was the attempt <laughs> <laughs> that I celebrate. Uh, and here's here's another example. Uh, you know, a box this is with 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 orange. Okay, a couple of cardboard boxes on an unremarkable flooring, uh, with some orange bubble wrap. Yeah, in it, which which makes me want to go and pop those bubbles. It's, yes, uh, you know, and, uh, again, the subject itself is reasonably unremarkable, except maybe I don't think I'd seen orange bubble wrap. That, that's kind of a new one on me. But so it's that, kind of remarkable. <laughs> that wasn't yes, the reason. I, also I, remarkable, I, yes. I just thought, well, this is a very interesting, you know, shout out to orange. In other words, I think <laughs> I think you're doing a really good job channeling Martin Parr. Maybe, uh, sure. Uh, I think this is something that he would have um, grabbed or maybe Probably. shot in a different way. But it's certainly inspired by that kind of thinking. Um, and 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 so, you know, one could look at it critically uh, through the eyes of of you know uh, an an aesthetic focus on you know just the relative lines there are lines on the lower side created by lower right side created by light there's the there cardboard boxes light there's the it looks like a panel truck with its uh light. so it's, it's there's a lot of lines in it that are all converging on the chaos of the color in the center so there there is a, a an aesthetic here but i i want to say that all of all, all of what I've just said happens after, not during. I didn't take the photo in order to celebrate the convergence or divergence of straight lines and chaos color. I, I just grabbed it because I thought it was somewhat funny. I mean, this is, this is the question. This is the question here. Um, there is obviously some impulse in you to take that photo. Something yeah. tells you, this little voice somewhere in the back of your mind goes, go, go press that shutter button. There's so, so, so in, in that way, isn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be remarkable in order to take that step and actually take the photo. Normally, I, I see this with so many people who have the opposite, who will not take photos because something in their head, some little guy in their head says, ah, no, nah, it's not interesting. Don't take that photo. And they miss out. So um, something gave you that impulse. It, no, it, it, most certainly, it most certainly did. And because this style of photography is not what I would consider uh, in my normal wheelhouse. There's another yeah, one. Yeah, cer certainly not in your wheelhouse. I can I can tell from <laughs> the other photos that you have shared and the yeah, other visual stuff that I've seen of you. Yeah. Yeah, but all of them make me smile. They're all funny. I mean, this 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 is <laughs> this is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna buy a box of cookies, do you need it to be six foot tall? I yeah. mean, real for ten bucks. I, you know, I I, I just. I was in the store, I think about a year ago, and, and just I just saw this and said, I, I've got to record it because there's an absurdity to it that in many ways defines, you know, modern life in, in a way, shopping, etc. One could apply a lot of 
cultural, historic, social dynamics to the picture, but I just thought it was funny and grabbed it. So I've lately decided um, to push myself out of my familiar wheelhouse, either as a you know technical creator of imagery, photographic imagery, uh, using camera or uh, AI or both often, um, and and do uh, imagery that is inspired by what I would consider initially unremarkable. And even the composition, like normally my instinct would be crouch down, make it more formal, step back, slightly longer lens, isolate the subject, you know. So, so you're uh, deliberately making air quotes mistakes. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, and what those mistakes are are maybe just the way one sees it without adjusting, like from my height to the to the actual subject, and um, you know, all all this is is by way of trying to get people, as we all have in this podcast, uh, as they step into the future of how they want to take make uh, create pictures of stepping out of their comfort zone, whether it's a comfort zone of, you know, being intimidated by certain technicalities or by the weight of an 8 by 10 camera or the, you know, expense and dynamic of developing one's own work. Uh, all of those things sometimes create a limitation for us to step through and push uh, our boundaries as people who are fond of the medium and, and and in this way just push myself to take pictures that I normally would never have taken and that's in, and now I'm kind of inspired to do more so I've, I've taken your suggestion for this episode um, just like 10 minutes before we started recording and of course I didn't go out and take banal pictures but <laughs> i went th i went through my to my photos my my uh icloud photo library and uh and searched for a few and and then i ended up choosing some that i would think are kind of yeah kind of unremarkable but yeah. at the same time i know exactly that when i shot them i would i deliberately took them this way including the composition and everything like this one with uh two shadows of two people myself and monica and uh some sort of a wind yeah. generator you can almost hear the voices as a, no i really want to stop here because this is really yeah a very cool you know windmill and yet but so something it, triggered, something, in, yes. again, gave me that impulse, some trigger went off and said, wait, stop, let's, let me, let me take that, let me take that. Um, or a sheep kneeling down to graze, which they don't See, usually do. So, yeah. On the other hand, I, I could argue that this is almost too interesting to be and That's what I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. I had a hard time finding these, these really unremarkable ones. Um, you There's don't set one. out to do that, though, do you? Very often. I mean, you, I, I remember once having, uh, years and years ago, when I first started out photography, I was showing uh, an aunt of mine one of my photographs, and she said, Adrian, that's a really good record of the event. 
and, and, and that's a nice I, way of saying it to boring. this day that is the worst insult i've yes. ever had about a photograph it's it's exactly and it comes from a, uh it comes from the 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 sort of local camera club kind of vibe i think which she was a member of one at a time but yeah, yeah so so it is so i definitely have it within me to take unremarkable photographs but having said that um it it's tricky to to make them unremarkable after the fact isn't it so yeah you, you have well, to have, have the and please and please contrast this episode with our last one the ready steady compete episode where it was about <laughs> the roles for photo competitions Good point. Yeah. Good point. oh man yeah these would not win <laughs> i can guarantee that no. i mean i mean look look at look at the strong subject in this one which is obviously the bird sitting on the Yes, and you have kind of converging lines. It, I think it's an interesting photo. And it's well, yeah, very... you could you could break this down. You have the <laughs> sidewalk on the left with the, the curb, which is leaning towards the bird, which is normally if you're going to take a picture of a bird, you'd get a little closer, use a longer lens, get down on the ground and make it about that. This wasn't about that. This was about the moment it's like, oh, there's a bird. And like, grab it before yep. it leaves and and the you know the car on the right side may have been intuitive or just there uh, but you have the two trees in the background all roads lead to that bird yes. basically <laughs> uh, and, and, and so I, I i would say that this is a successful unremarkable picture <laughs> uh, in that the accident of being there in the moment and grabbing it uh that you know lends itself to a second look I think, you know, in my case, I did, yes, I went out um, this, you know, this week uh, and, and deliberately tried to take unremarkable pictures with a lot of intentions. But then I went, it's hard. It's hard. It, well, it, it's as challenging as making beautiful pictures. But what it does is it opens you up to not rejecting certain things in your immediate circumstance that you would have said, now, nah, God, that's, that's, that's not worth a photo, but taking a second look at it in a different way. And, and, and I think that is what really inspired me to go further. When I got back yesterday, I started to look through my folios or my, just my snaps really, uh, that I'd never posted or really done anything, never edited them, and go through these kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and actually lift them out and start to put them in an album, which I, of course, call Unremarkable, right? Of course you do. So, so now I'm creating a body of unremarkable work. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Maybe it's a show. I think, I, I think Instagram is the place you're supposed to put unremarkable photographs. Just possibly, possibly. <laughs> Though it would be a very interesting uh, show to do, which is a juxtaposition or a book even, where on uh, opposite pages, you have uh, a very controlled, aesthetic, creative mm. expression and an unremarkable uh, picture on the other side. So they each define each other, one another, as one moves through through the work in that, that they're created by the same thing. Yeah, now that, that's interesting. I have a, an Edward Batinsky book, which does something like that. It's, it's the... It's 
is it oil is it the one where he's been and looked at the where they sort of take oil tankers and and cut them down oh, yeah. yeah for scrap and stuff like yeah. that and the book that I, the version of the book that I have has, you know, very quick and dirty test prints, and you know, the, uh, uh, on one pr- side of the page, and then the, the the finished article on on the other side of the page, which is quite it's quite interesting actually to do that sort of thing. Well, yeah, all of this is just by way of of keeping us engaged in the photographic process, however one one does that is outside the realm of an expensive camera. Uh, a knowledge of very sophisticated AI tools or editing tools or all of these things. This is stuff, you, it doesn't matter what camera you're using. In fact, I, there's an argument that the cheaper version is probably the better version, just the one that's more of a throwaway, you know, that could have some flair in it, that the lens is a little more plastic. That, that doesn't have know, too many knobs and buttons. No, to, it's to just gra- with, yeah, grab and go. Yeah, go with your instinct, grab and go. But look deeper than trying to make something beautiful. Because in trying to capture beauty, we often avoid what is actually remarkable in everyday life. And that's where I'm trying to get to here in terms of uh, an inspiring speech for anyone who is listening or watching. I want to go and do that now. It, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's really, really fun. And it's like, I don't know, ha- having spent the last three years or more like you working in AI um, and creating stuff and, and also creating stuff out of my own imagery, like prompting from my own images and then adjusting so that I get um, similar but not exact. And then, then basically... I think it will be hard to create these kind of photos with an AI because the AI seem to be trained to return spectacular things. And Challenge accepted. Yeah, I've already yeah. done. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's and a good challenge. Yeah, I, I, I've done it. I've done it. You've done uh, it. Okay. I, I haven't put them up, but, but I have taken bland pictures and described them, and then adjusted them, and uh, they turned out pretty weird. I mean, there's a, a photograph of of a hose that's just on on ground. You know, no, nothing remarkable about it. Yeah. Just a hose in the sun that's not very well um, rounded, shall we say. And then I, I just adjusted it somewhat in uh, mid-journey. And then what I got is like part of the hose is like cut off. And then another. It, it's just, it's just, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> it's very, it's kind of a little ludicrous. It does not look like anything out of AI. Because it's so bland, because it, it's yeah, like, who would bother spending all that time trying to make something as stupid as that? Um, <laughs> that's, that's, I think, where the art lies. Too. Yeah. It does, yeah, it does. It does. And, yeah. and, and so uh, I have been, uh, as of late, just trying to free myself from the bondage of my own restrictions and aesthetic that I've imposed on myself. And that's always a good I'm healthy so, exercise to do anyway now isn't I'm, it don't get too locked down yeah, yeah 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 and the, and the good the good a good way to do this um is to really try to become 
conscious of the rules that you work by and throw them overboard at least one at a time maybe you know, if it if it hurts too much initially i was thinking about this chris right so like a question for you both because the thought that was going through my head a few minutes ago was you can try and take an unremarkable photograph by breaking the rule so let's look very simple like rule of thirds right so but then you get into that then i started double thinking right and i thought well if i'm deliberately thinking about the rule of thirds and deliberately breaking it then am i trying too hard is it going to be is it going to be remarkable because i haven't followed the rules i or think so, so. so do i need to just follow the rules do i need to have everything on a third and things like that it's like, that sounds like you, classical overthinking yes i think yeah, yeah, probably is. I, I think what chris said is ju you just got to go by instinct and and just l let it go I, I'll, I'll give you a just a little sidebar of um, uh, you know, as as you know, I've I've been directing uh, for many years, decades, um, and when I get onto the set or I'm about to go onto a set, I always try to imagine myself, and this has kept me from being jaded my entire career, uh, no matter how much work I've done. But when I walk onto a set, I try to balance two things, which is this is the first job I've ever done. So I, I have no experience, but I've been given the keys to the kingdom, a massive train set to play with and f remembering muscle memory, what it's like to walk onto one's first set with that and how exciting and terrifying and... And, and 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 just inspiring and and the fear of failure and the uh, opportunities that await so that energy and i balance that with all of the conditions rules that i know from experience whether it's editing directing actors and all of that stuff because i feel when i'm on set i'm very confident of my own approach to any problem solving that comes up and uh, I'm able also to understand the plasticity of rules. So I, I no longer go, oh, if I move the camera here, am I crossing the line here? Well, sometimes I'll deliberately cross the line to, to affect a, a confusion or something like that aesthetically. But holding those two things, which is a, a, a shit ton of experience and trying to forget about all your experience and that hold that training. together. That yeah, takes you, you, practice. This is this is not something that happens automatically. You have yeah. to you have to be kind of hyper conscious of both of these things. So you let go of the rules just knowing that you know them instinctively. And you have to more focus on oh my god, this is amazing. And and both things will be operating. And I think as a photographer, I'm now trying to do the same thing, which I'm, I'm really trying to let go of all the rules that I've built up over decades and decades and decades of doing this. Um, and yet, because I, you know, if I deliberately overexpose an image, I'm good with that. I want it to be deliberately overexposed, not like, oh, this is overexposed. I want it to be perfectly exposed because sometimes it's that error which creates the uh, the response oh the the, the flaw creates the interest yeah yeah, yeah. 
<sighs> there That's you go. Deep. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> Not that deep. <laughs> let's look at a few picks of the week. Um, I'll kick off with mine because it has nothing to do with what we talked about. Um, but My pick either. <laughs> I recently came across this, and uh, it's uh, this is more in Jeremiah's wheelhouse. Um, <clears throat> it's a system. It's an AI-based system that's called Flawless, and what these guys have. That's not it. <laughs> oh wait, wait! I have to. I have to click a few buttons here. Hold on, I'm almost there. Da, da, da. There we go. Um, it's an AI-based system called Flawless that does. Um, well, it's a, it's a it's a film production system that allows you to do a couple of things, such as uh, dialogue replacement. So you have actors speaking, and uh, you want to maybe dub this from English into Spanish, and then you have Spanish uh, speakers speak the thing, and and instead of just dubbing it, it will be the video will change so it uh, the, the mouths and everything move as if the people were speaking spanish so it's it's um internationalization localization uh this thing also does performance transfer so you might have uh something that you that you normally would have to reshoot because something in the performance isn't right but you might have a another performance from a practice run that you have recorded that you would then um, just imprint on the existing thing, so a lot of uh, a lot of uh, areas where an actor won't have to go back to reshoot, and uh, that is Jeremiah. Is that something that scares you? Is that something that you? No, no, it's, it's liberating. This, it changes things. This could be a tool that is really, really uh, effective, and I, I think um, we would use it more. When we finished a cut and then we're kind of back and forth about clarity or em emphasizing something that may not have been in the script that we want or a reaction that we didn't get because of the dynamic of the performance uh, we were driving through or, or simply because of time restrictions, we just couldn't get a shot. Often uh, as we go through, especially when you're dealing um engaging with networks who may want to clarify certain things and whatnot, which is fine. There could be, can we add ADR? Can we add a line where someone says, you know, I know what you mean, right? Mm -hmm. um, or I'll see you there. Like something very, very simple, but, but you would never really notice it. Well, so something you, that you that you that you kind of miss during shooting, and that yeah. becomes uh, important yeah. later on. Yes. Yeah, and this is a process that almost every uh, yeah. every shoot goes through. Um, they're generally minor, um, but they require you know you got to bring the actor in, you got to record their their dialogue, uh, you got to then go into the editing room and try to move it into the cut because you don't have the footage. Yeah. Over someone else's reaction or something else. Oh, so else. You, you might you might use some footage of that actor's back of the head, so you don't see their mouth. That, that kind of that, thing. That kind of thing, or the other yeah. actor, you know what I mean, uh, reacting to what they said. Yeah. But yeah. in this case, I could just take a shot of an act of the close up of the actor saying any speak it yes saying anything, yeah. apply the dialogue to that and adjust the performance. And um, while it may be frightening to certain actors, it probably would be more 
celebrated than just slipping in a dialogue scene without the opportunity. We don't know because I've never, you know, we've never, this is so new. This is new, yeah. This is very new, but I can see it as a tool that could be very, very effective. Certainly on uh, translation and dubbing, these kinds of things are phenomenal because i, th- I hate I think, dubbing i think i think i would be very i mean i i try to avoid dubs like in, in yeah. german uh television and cinema because they always feel unnatural to me but uh i would be very very confused if robert de niro was speaking perfect german including all the well, movements and everything. yes i mean i could imagine how could i watch something like yeah like babylon berlin which is a, a show that yeah. I thought was just an incredible. Um, and how I would look at that if everyone was speaking even accented English. <laughs> like, it just it, it wouldn't make any sense to me. And, and yet, because I haven't experienced it, I'm wondering if I'm losing something in the performance by reading the subtitles. Um, like what am I, I, because that also is, is something also to take distraction. Yes. Yeah. So if, if there was a perfect translation that uh, we haven't seen this yet, so yes. we're, we're about to, I know in cartoons, they do this all the time, but oh, I don't think in, in, in American cartoons that are dubbed into German, they will even hire stars to, to yeah. speak the voices and so on. Anyway, so that was, that was my pick. Yeah, that's a good one. Go to the next one. Who brought who brought this printer? Mm-hmm. That's mine. <laughs> so uh, this is the the newest printer to to join us in our household. We seem to be doing well on printers this year. Um, this is the newest printer to join our household. It is a uh, a thermal printer, ostensibly designed to print postage labels, but as I've been playing with can definitely be used to print photographs. Right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been printing some photographs with this um, to uh, make sure, yeah, to, to, to try it out. Um, and it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, it, it prints. Do you know what, right? Of all these little pocket printers we have now, and I know, Jeremiah, you enjoy these especially as well. Mm-hmm. This prints in about two seconds. It, oh, um, oh my so God. fast! Okay, they, fast. it is incredible. It takes it works over Bluetooth on my phone. I've, I've, it's only just arrived, so I haven't like really, really you know put it through its paces yet. Which quality just, did you get? Did you get the pink or the blue? Or? Uh, we got the black and white one. Yeah, sorry, oh, no, we haven't boring. got the pink or the blue, just the black and white one. And um, but the uh, and it's got this massive, great roll of of sticky labels that that sits in a little holder at the back of it. That not not in there. And here's and just, my. Look! Look at this. Oh, uh, you've got the, one as well. Yeah, this is a, a different one. A very fifties aesthetic. That looks cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it prints small labels. It's just really a small I, label. I was printer. I was looking around because I have an, a thermal printer as well. It's very slow. It's but it was only like twelve bucks or something. This oh is no, so no, good. this one was a bit more than that. Yeah. But but it wasn't it wasn't horrendously expensive. But um, it, it's just something uh, you know that it's it's just good. Fu- it's it's going to be good fun. And do you know what I'm going to use it for? I can yeah print obviously to print photographs on sticky labels but you could put it in a a little book if you were having a journey and you were traveling and you you could um you could use it at parties you could you know um uh one one of them uh uh, 
uh emma took it and just stuck it straight on the front of my shirt earlier on so i was wandering around this one this is a picture of me and it so for listeners this is a picture of me in a cowboy hat when i when i was in calgary in the summer at the stampede right and emma took that immediately and put it straight straight on my chest like this and maybe <laughs> just like on my on my sweatshirt and maybe wander around the house like that luckily i, I didn't think, have to go I out think like decorating that. people is is a, yeah. a very underrated art well, you're coming up to the holiday period, aren't we? You know what? Yeah, you, you know. could. Uh, That's how we have Halloween. Uh, sure. well, yes, yes. Uh, well, or, or as we have here this uh, this weekend is uh, it's um, Guy Fawkes night tomorrow. Yeah. Let the so fires. Lots, lots of fireworks here in the <laughs> UK and bonfires this weekend. So. All right, and, and last uh, but not again me. something completely different on my pick. Nothing to do with what I had spoken about. This is just a, a wonderful photographer who it looks like they they take beautiful imagery and then they they make a couple of prints one that they rephotograph with a crumpled version of that photograph placed on the photograph perfectly and then rephotograph it and it, it's just Ingrid I've never Wayland. I've just never seen anything quite like it, and I this is new. Yes, yeah, That's I just feel this is a this is a kind of a little breakthrough technique of combining this what we cool. call pure aesthetic photography with sculptural paper and integrating them, but uh, well worth a journey. Um, into this has, person's work this, this is incredible so this so awesome yeah stuff. we're looking at landscapes here right and uh and you it, sometimes it's quite hard it's so well blended in that that the crumpled version of the photo is 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 sometimes not always but sometimes is is difficult to spot at first so, and it's and only part almost, of the photo that is crumpled yeah yeah it's almost that you could be you could almost think of it as a uh, as an electronic special a digital special effect but to to do this by hand is great because i mean there's a lot of work gone in to crumple the photo in just such a way and then realign it back with the original photo that's then underneath it that's but sure i love that really crumpled, as in physically or yes might, might it be a <clears throat> crumpled or i don't know um, <laughs> but i would but i would say that that technically this isn't that easy to do no it's um not. given that the photographs in the background, the uncrumpled imagery, does not look like it's kind of shot because the the shadows are not there. Um, mm, you know, from yeah. the crumpled on, maybe she eliminated them, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it is an electronic version of it. But I don't think well, so. There's shadows. You can. I guess yes. Yeah, there's a little shadows, shadow on it. Yeah, yeah on yeah. some, on some. Uh, but whatever it is. Uh, Ingrid, <clears throat> you've done a great job, and we applaud you. Yeah. Cool stuff. Lots of fun. Wonderful stuff. All right. Cueing the outro music, because we are 45 minutes in, so um, no, not quite, almost. Anyway. Well, it feels like we haven't chatted for a while, so I don't mind having <laughs> yeah. a slightly longer conversation today. So that was fun. episode 279, The Unremarkable. I think... In Impressive I think this story. was a remarkable episode. <laughs> Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. 
<laughs> All right, we are online on the internet in at thefutureofphotography.com, TFOP now on the socials. Um, come join our Discord, uh, and we'll be back very soon. Until then, everyone, take care, and bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Future of Photography. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. <laughs>